Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Welcome back, my friends, to Redefining Reality. I'm your host, Brian Hardy of brianhardy.ca, wellness coach, holistic nutritionist, and entrepreneur. And I'm pumped, quite pumped, to bring you this week's episode. This is with my friend Elise Menolakos. Elise is awesome. She is in the fitness world. She has run marathons. She coaches people. She does retreats that are affordable and accessible to people in Toronto. All sorts of cool things. And this was uh, recorded live. So you're going to see a few episodes coming out over the next little while that are recorded live at the Alternity Lounge. That's 236 Christie Street in Toronto. And I'm doing a little live podcast event there every Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Holistic Biohacking. And people can come out and listen and ask questions and uh, have a great experience at Alternity. If you've never been there and you're into health and you live in Toronto, you owe it to yourself to go and check out that space because their menu is on point. So good. So, so good. And so this is going to be, we're going to, we're going to cycle these in as we go through our schedule. So some weeks you'll have a more traditional podcast and other weeks you will have the live. And uh, I'm really stoked. We have some great guests that have already been on and some more that are coming on. And so that is why you will hear a little bit of background noise at times. We had a fountain running in the background. I wanted to see how it would turn out for sound quality, whether it would transmit that relaxing nature sound that we all love or if it would be annoying so please let me know what you think and i'll do my best to keep the sound quality of the utmost and the last thing i want to mention is that this podcast is sponsored by audible and listeners of this podcast can go to audibletrial.com slash brian hardy that's b-r-y-a-n H-A-R-D-Y. And when you do that, you get a free month and a free credit for an audiobook or a program. You can use that for like a 20-hour Masters of Success type of program where you get different lectures and lessons and talks from people like Jack Canfield or Jim Rohn or Napoleon Hill. So great, great value. I love Audible. I love audiobooks. I love being able to listen wherever I'm at have it keep track of the place I left off at. It's fantastic. Totally fantastic. Especially if you use a uh, Kindle and you can actually go back and forth between the e-reader version and the audio version in many cases with what's called WhisperSync and it keeps track of where you're at. So really, really cool stuff. A great, great offer for anyone listening to this that I would highly recommend you check out. And so 
With that, as always, likes, subscribes, reviews, and ratings in iTunes are much appreciated and are going to help us to get this show to more people. And with that, I will leave you with Elise, and we're going to jump right into it. Take care and be well. And also travel. And we're going to talk about travel as maybe in a bit of a different perspective, right? And instead of just, you know, going places and seeing things and having experiences, rather using travel to really expand your mind and expand your consciousness and share and build community, really. Um, And I think we're probably going to touch on community as well because that's how we met, right? That's how we met. And so, yeah, we should talk to. Tell them how we met. Yes, we'll definitely tell that story yeah. about TEP. Now I'm just going to share the link here, the live stream link. And it will be all good to go. And so for those of you that aren't familiar, this is week two, episode two rather, of Holistic Biohacking with Brian Hardy. That is myself. I am a wellness coach and holistic nutritionist really seeks to educate and empower people to live their best lives and to expand an awareness around what is their individual recipe for optimum health and well-being. You know, if you are a business person, how are you going to get the most out of your brain and your focus and your creativity? Um, if you're an athlete, how are you going to be able to train and recover and adapt to your workload, right? And that is the essence of what we're going to talk about that's sort of the umbrella that this all falls under and it's really infinite in the um, ways it can express itself which is what I is why I love to talk about it because it's really endless right and depending on who we're talking with and the topics it can go so many directions so we're going to be on here for about the next hour we will open it up to some questions so if you all have questions you can write those in, and we'll get rocking. So, shared it out. So, like we said, my guest today is Miss Elise Manolakos. Hello. Manolakos. Thanks yeah. for having me on your show. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. And we were chatting just before we started about um, how we met right yeah. and it's a great example of this whole idea of sharing and community um, because it was through the Toronto entrepreneurs of passion and purpose yeah. right TEPP <laughs> almost three years ago two and a half years ago it feels like yeah. a while ago yeah. but time has just been very quick since then mm-hmm. um, but yeah we connected there at the yeah. time I remember you were working with some um, and we can leave the name out if you want, but it was essentially electrically enhanced oh, yeah. exercise. Yes, that's when we met. Yeah. Um, I was growing up a startup um, that was electro muscle stimulation fitness, and um, I was very, I am still very passionate about it because it's the future of fitness. And what it does it is it amps your workout, so that way if you're not able to contract or activate those muscles while you're working out, it does that for you while you exercise and then you can actually like increase the muscle tension as well so it's definitely um, a form of biohacking as well (laughs) yeah for sure and I mean I'm all about getting the most bang for your buck yeah and so 
rather than you know needing a coach or someone there to cue you, you know, engage the core, engage the back, engage the chest, you know, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Yes. Um, all those different things, which are great, but you know, not everyone is going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, if you can put on a piece of technology that does that for you, um, get the benefits of an insane workout in a very short period of time. Yeah. Then that's yeah, definitely the future. Well, it was a twenty-minute workout in full body, and it's equal to like three workouts in the gym or about three hours in the gym of your own effort. So imagine getting a twenty-minute workout that got your whole body, and then like just um, maximize your time in the gym. Like mm -hmm. yeah, and then you can apply, you can advance. Sorry as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. No apology necessary. Um, I mean, definitely. Like we're in Toronto, right? We're coming to you from Toronto. The Alternity Lounge, very cool spot if you haven't been out. And um, the pace of life here is pretty hectic, right? So anything you can do to mm -hmm. save people time um, and compress things seems like a good idea. Yes. You know, there's definitely a market for that. There's definitely a demand for that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's awesome. Especially with exercise because some of the biggest obstacles are time and, well, the biggest obstacle is usually time because with nutrition, you just have to make choices through education, through learning about which choice is better to make. Mm. Whereas exercise, you actually need time to put away to that and time is very precious. So mm -hmm. um, if you can get results faster in less time in a healthy way, then that's a great way to go about it. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and I want to dive a bit more into, you know, sort of what your practice around that looks like, what you sort of lead people through. But first, we got to dial it back. Okay, we gotta let's dial go it back. back. We got to get some of the history. Okay. I want to get some of your story because I don't know it that well. I mean, I've read yeah. pieces here and there, um, and it sounds pretty incredible. It sounds pretty uh, adventuresome. Yeah. And so I guess I'm curious. I know you're, you know, you went to school for kinesiology, so clearly there was an interest in the body, health, that sort of thing. Um, was that always present and sort of how did that journey look from then until now? Um, well, after graduating from kinesiology, I was, I didn't know if I wanted to go into high performance sport athletes or physiotherapy, so I did both. I went, <laughs> I went into physio first for a while and um, wanted to get more of a beginner, like a rehab approach to kinesiology and personal training. Mm. And um, what I found was, what I discovered was that I was working with people in long-term care and listening to their stories and how they got to where they were into poor health and all the stress that had accumulated from their life experiences. Mm. And that really helped me develop that passion to go into fitness and health promotion so that way I can promote um, preventative or proactive health care so that mm. we can avoid help prevent people from um, accumulating stress that'll lead to greater illness later on in their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I imagine, and you can, you know, share if this was the case, but that you probably were dealing with a lot of, like, injuries, right? Um, as a result of not having that proactive approach. Mm -hmm. right? So many of us, we just push it and push it and push it. Um, you know, burn the candle at both ends, train more, sleep less, all these, you know, common things, almost badges of honor in our society. Right. <laughs> and it leads to Huge. pain and breakdown. Yes. 
And um, what happens is like we don't realize it until we hit that wall. And it's the same for running, for marathon running, right? When you deplete yourself and you just you can't go because there's not enough nutrients or um, to keep to keep us going. So um, when you apply that to your career or to the business in our lives, we're actually like, accumulating more. We're overtraining and. By the time it's too late, that's when we actually acknowledge it because that's when we develop, a, when we become sick. And if we can identify it before it happens and manage it properly, then before the week is over, you'll have more energy to enjoy the weekend. Mm. And uh, as opposed to resting over the weekend and preparing for the next week. Mm. Yeah, which seems to be a pretty common pattern for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. They work, 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 work. They might go out and party, actually, you know, Friday and, yeah. or and or Saturday. And then Sunday, you're a zombie. And then Monday, you start over. And that makes Monday, like, horrible even more so because you're still recovering or, you know, you just want to enjoy the weekend. And mm -hmm. um, so it's a great way. If you can manage it by Wednesday, like today, maybe take a little bit of a rest or ease back. And then go full force Thursday and Friday. Then you'll have a little bit more gas in the tank, I guess, for the weekend. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Um, let's go. And so, the other thing that I want to, you know, clue in on is um, this experience with marathons. And not just marathons like around here, like marathons across the planet. Yeah. Right? And I believe the first one was the Great Wall of China. Right. So tell me, I, I didn't know that it existed. Is this, are you running the entire length of the wall? I don't know how long that wall is. It's a huge wall. It's, yeah. Um, what does that look like? I can't, I don't remember how long, but it's, um, it was about four kilometers on the wall. Okay. But it's an adventure marathon, so it means that it's 25% harder than your average marathon. Okay. So it's, it's just, first of all, you go up a mountain, the first part, to get to the wall, and then you go on different stairs, so the, uh, nothing's the same, like the stairs are either tall, short, wide, uneven or maybe there's like a canal running through like mm. it's just very dangerous and then there's one side where there's only one railing that's like supporting you so if you're not paying attention or if you're fatigued then you can easily like get injured mm. and so um, it's about four kilometers on the wall and it's just you and a bunch of runners and in the middle of nowhere like in the country in, in mm. China so. and that was your first marathon yeah it was my first one um, before that I, I was just running 10Ks, and I just, I felt the urge to just, um, just to step out there and try something new, mm. and um, the key, the tr key trigger that encouraged me to do this was that I wanted to spend more time outdoor with nature, and that was one way to do it, was to start running, mm. yeah. I like that, I like that, yeah, because I don't know about, I mean, the people watching, um, but I've definitely found that living in the city, you have to really be aware and like schedule ahead your time to get out of the city or at least to get into a park, right? Mm -hmm. And just to de-stress and relax. And I've never been a fan of running, but hearing you say it like that makes me think, oh, you know, I'll find like a forest somewhere and go schedule a run yeah. um, just to get out, right? Just to get out and to breathe that fresh air, to breathe those negative ions, be around the trees. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And at, at the same time, I was working in physiotherapy as well. Mm. So um, part of the self, that was part of my self-care, and I didn't um, realize it at the time, but dealing with such emotional, in an emotional setting and caregiving, that was sort of my sort of 
um, self-care approach mm. um, physically mentally um, spiritually and emotionally and uh, it really um, motivated me because I was healthy and I was capable of running and completing this whereas the patients were already bedridden or had some sort of illness so I thought I had an advantage and I should take advantage of mm -hmm. my health while I'm young I guess in that sense yeah well and preserve it right build up that resilience so that you can do it for the rest of your life if you choose to yeah. right and I know marathoning and long distance endurance running in general can be very very hard on the body Mm -hmm. um, and that's where you have to figure out, you know, your proper foot striking and cadence and um, yeah. I know there's a really cool sort of approach called chi running. I don't oh. know if you've ever tried any of that stuff. No. It's a What's mixture that? of forefoot striking, right, so the okay. sort of barefoot approach yeah. combined with sort of a meditative breathing so that you're do using as little effort as possible, oh, essentially. Yeah. There's probably different names for it out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, actually, a, fr uh, a fellow Tepper, uh, David Wu, okay. put, yeah. me, put me in touch with that stuff. Because yeah. um, he had done it, and, and I saw him at a barbecue one day, a little potluck in the park, yeah. and he's running around all kind of weird-like. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing, man? And so he tried to show me the whole thing. Um, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people don't ever think that running is a skill you have to learn. And because we have these big, cushiony shoes, you can get away with bad form. Mm -hmm. right? And the difference because the, sh the shoes actually limit your ankle mobility. Mm. So you're more like, you're, so yeah, just comparing the mobility difference is huge, especially for your performance and um, um, maybe even, yeah, improving your efficiency too. So that's why the racer shoes are actually thin. They're thinner mm. as opposed to more cushion. Yeah, yeah so. it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And when you look at like, you know, tribes people from Africa yeah. chasing down a gazelle for <laughs> hours. They don't have Nikes on their feet. Right? Yeah. They probably don't have anything on their feet. <laughs> they might have some leather wrapped around. Um, yeah, and they've been just fine for a long time, you know? Yeah. Probably have stronger feet and ankles and calves and everything because of it. That's right. It actually, yeah, because you develop um, muscle tightness, you develop injuries because of the shoe and mm. because of that. So that's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's good to switch. They recommend going from barefoot to shoe training as well. Okay. Yeah, to build up the internal muscles of the foot. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, and I could I could hate on shoes for a long time, but that's another show. That's another show. <laughs> um, I mean, they're like foot prisons, right? Yeah. It's like a prison for your foot. <laughs> Anyways, another show. Um, one thing I wanted to pull back to, because it really resonated with me, was... Um, getting out into nature as a form of self-care. Yes. Um, and I honestly, I didn't really know I was doing it either when I got into it. And this was in university. Okay. Um, and when I found when I was at my most stressed out in university, right, so my health got very poor and my mother's health got very poor at the same time okay. that I'm in like second year engineering. Yeah. So it's a pretty intense, you know, time. Wow. And I found that just, I was drawn to the forest. And luckily, at the school that I was at, there's a beautiful conservation area, this is McMaster, um, just behind campus. Yeah. And no matter what was going on, I go there, I do some breathing, maybe smoke a little cannabis, <laughs> maybe do some journaling, you know, whatever it was, um, and come out renewed, mm -hmm. just completely renewed. Um, so it's so key. It is. So, so key. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't discover, I didn't understand that nature is that powerful. I always was connected to it. I've always wanted to be with nature. Mm. Um, but then when I went to a retreat and they discussed that how, it's, how it refreshes the, the science or the sort of background of it, mm -hmm. I, was totally, I was totally impressed and I just like, I had to incorporate it more into my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. it, it was a necessity. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and for people that are listening, and I don't know if you've come across the book Earthing, no. So it's, it's essentially all about go, like, going barefoot and okay. reconnecting to the Earth's magnetic field. Oh, okay. Um, it's sort of the science behind that. Yeah. Um, and then just the fact that um, trees and natural environments, waterfalls, produce negative ions, mm -hmm. which are very energizing and very calming for the system. They work like antioxidants. And so that's another one of the reasons, the scientific reason, right? If we need the proof, it's the scientific reason as to why we feel so good when we're in these settings. Um, and so, you know, I love that piece. Definitely incorporating more of that into our daily lives is gonna be huge. Um, another thing I wanna talk about though, is just like what we're sort of, did you, did you develop or discover ways to prevent injuries or to heal injuries faster? Um, like what did your recovery practice look like? And you can take that any way you want, nutrition, supplements, sleep, like whatever. Yeah. Well, for running, for, for training, right? For more physical yeah. training. Well, for whichever, whichever you like, whether it's physical strength training okay. or whether it's endurance. Yeah, to prevent injury. Uh, well, like you mentioned how you can get more efficient with running and how you were talking about chi running. Like, I was always the last person in the running groups and mm. it was just, I couldn't keep up with them. So I just started training on my own, and that was more because like I wasn't about speed and timing. It was just about the zen and doing it. Mm. And um, so what I noticed over the years, I had to I took time away from the running groups, and that, I didn't find that discouraging. I just kept going because some people just can't keep up with the group, and they feel that they're not good enough, or you know they're comparing. But I kept going, and despite that. And um, what I noticed that over the past, over the four years of running, my efficiency improved, and mm -hmm. I actually trained less um, than what was prescribed in the, in the training schedule. Mm. And so I understood that um, the frequency of training and um, actually recovery is more important than putting in the workouts. Mm. So the more rested your body is, then the higher your performance. Whereas if you're carrying, if you're still recovering from previous um, runs or workouts, then you're not going to perform at your max because you, it's like you have a bit of running debt or exercise debt. So once you come back up, recharge your batteries, then you can go for it. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. And I, I saw something recently about a, a device. I think that's where this is getting really cool, right? Because, you know, you just knew intuitively, right? You developed that intuitive sense, yeah. awareness of the body. Okay, I need to rest more, or I need to train a bit more, or I need to sleep a little bit more, yeah. right? That's really the ideal, and that's what I work with as well with clients. It's really helping them to come back to their bodies. Mm -hmm. But it's cool. There's devices that are going to be coming, and they're going to be more and more popular. Right? We have okay. the Fitbit and the Jawbone and all these different things. It's blowing up. But now we have this yeah. thing. The latest one I saw was called the Whoop. Oh, okay. I've heard of it and it measures heart rate variability mm -hmm. um, and then shows you sort of how much strain you're putting on your system throughout the course of a day it'll tell you when you should go to sleep if you want to wake up at a certain time and be properly rested mm -hmm. and it gets pretty deep 
um, and like professional sports teams are using these things now, so where the coach can sit on the computer and see the the layout of where his athletes are at. Yeah. Right. So you really have that objective measure. Mm -hmm. um, just a cool thing that's sort yeah. of coming up. I'm curious, have you ever played with any wearables and things like that? I guess like heart rate. Um, mm -hmm. Just from following other leaders in the fitness industry, you mentioned that when you wake up in the morning to check your heart rate, so that way you can see if you've recovered or not. Because if your heart rate's mm -hmm. a little bit high, then that's an indication that you haven't fully recovered. And so that was one of the things through through learning that um, I found was important. Nice. And um, yeah, sometimes your body depends on your uh, level of tolerance too, because the pain's there. We don't feel the pain in our body until like it shows up in one area, but there's always, our body's always experiencing some sort of level of pain, but mm. it just hasn't um, been an, an emergency to take care of it yet, so. Yeah, it's sort of like below the, the, the tolerance. Yeah. Or below the, I always like to think of it in terms of like the stress bucket. Yeah. Right, so you have this <laughs> yeah. bucket, and you're putting all these different things in, whether it's toxic chemicals and bad food or emotional stress mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And you don't really feel it until the bucket overflows. That's right. And that's when the problems show up. Mm -hmm. And um, from training in sports, I found like as you get older, like you don't, you can recover, you don't recover as quickly, or you understand that mm. there's more inflammation in your body that it has to break down, and so it becomes more important to find out those strategies or how to overcome that with age too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm curious if we can jump into maybe the nutritional supplemental side of things and see what worked for you there. I can share what's worked for me yeah. and just sort of back and forth on like, what would be our ideal sort of picture oh, yeah. on that side of things? It's huge. Um, I know at least from my uh, training experience with running, um, I had to supplement with iron pills, um, even take melatonin mm. um, to help sleep through whether it was the pain or just to, to rest the body because it, a running is a high stress sport like you're constantly revved up too um, so you have to find certain supplements depending on the sport or activity in life that you're doing um, and then when I went into muscle building I realized that there's a lot of again there's a lot of I don't want to say pain but your body's just rebuilding and repairing and I was taking care of myself on the outside in terms of muscle but when I learned that there's the intrinsic part of the muscle that comes with um, bodybuilding training, which is um, sorry, is um, just the proteins that you need to replace. Mm. Because I was experiencing soreness, and I, the things that I've done for running didn't take, didn't treat it as well. But when I went to a supplement store, they told me, okay, you need certain protein supplements to mm. help get inside the muscle, as opposed to just maybe mm. um, outside of the muscle. Mm. Yeah. So I found that the biggest ones were melatonin. Omega threes, uh, vitamin B, have been my top three. Okay. Yeah, and it's interesting. I have not done melatonin so much. I mean, I've never been a high, high level athlete. Mm -hmm. I've definitely trained at a, you know, specific intensity for di different times, yeah. different activities. Um, but I found magnesium mm. more than anything to be just essential. Yes. Um, and all the different forms of magnesium, and especially when you're strength training, yes, right, to help you um, not be as sore, and to help you, because magnesium is the relaxing mineral, yeah. right? So calcium is the contracting, magnesium is the relaxing. Most of us are way out of balance 
in terms of our magnesium to calcium ratio. Um, and so getting good magnesium, um, again, people listening, look for something with an A-T-E ending. Any magnesium with an A-T-E ending is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like I like citrate, glycinate, those are good. But oxide is a laxative. So don't waste your money on the magnesium oxide because okay. it's just going to make you go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, That's awesome. But so magnesium yeah. was the big one for me. And um, I like glutamine, yeah. L-glutamine, just yeah. kind of one of those soreness reducing and muscle building amino acids. Um, and what was the other one? I like, honestly, I like greens powders. Okay. Greens powders just for extra yeah. antioxidant support. Um, and I mean, most of us don't get enough vegetables as it is. Yeah, greens are huge. So yeah, yeah. and they're nice, almost like a pre-workout if you don't want caffeine. Okay. I find they give you a nice, a bit of a boost. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one, was which I had it and now it's slipping. What was it? It'll come. It'll come. Do you do this on a daily basis? Is this sort of like your standards for every day, or is that? The, it depends. It depends. Magnesium, omega threes, vitamin D, yeah. a B complex. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Um, some selenium. Mm -hmm. I would take zinc as well. It's a really good one. Okay. Um. And oh, the other one was uh, adaptogenic herbs. Oh. Right. So we had our. Yeah, salted that? caramel yeah. lattes that had some maca in them and maca being this mm -hmm. adrenal tonic right which really helps to fortify the system mm -hmm. tonify the adrenals which essentially just means to nourish the adrenals um, so it helps with recovery helps you with libido helps you with endurance like all these great things mm -hmm. um, and again those have become a, a daily right so whether it's maca or whether it's <laughs> Ashwagandha, if you want to go Ayurvedic style, right? That's a great one. Yeah. Um, there's so many. The yeah. whole, the category of adaptogenic herbs is like my favorite. Adaptogenic? Adaptogenic, And yeah. what is that? So all, it, it's essentially like the name says, right? It helps the body adapt to stress. Okay. Um, and so they'll, you'll feel more energized. Your immune system will be enhanced. Um, you'll recover better. But you don't get the... Um, downside of things like stimulants right so instead of using like a like a chemical stimulant or caffeine based pre-workout yes um, which i feel when i take them or when you yeah. go higher in the grade levels yeah and then the afterwards can be pretty you know a pretty ab abrupt crashing yeah um and so they help pre prevent that mm -hmm. um and there's some good ones i mean ginseng would fall into that category okay, right yeah. ginseng very popular yeah. um something called rhodiola rosea okay is fascinating stuff yeah and very well studied by the Soviets uh, essentially the Soviets and it's kind of good and bad they did some crazy research back in the day before ethics panels existed <laughs> and before yeah. right and before yeah. um, you had to have some sort of a certain level of like human safety associated mm -hmm. with the study they did some crazy stuff and they studied these herbs okay. and put people through torturous conditions and some got the herbs and some didn't and those that got the herbs did a whole lot better than those that didn't. Um, yeah. And these are all widely available, but just fantastic, fantastic mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so yeah, adaptogenic herbs, that would be sort of the last one yeah. that I would throw into that cocktail. Cool. Yeah. Um, I definitely switched from uh, melatonin, because it was a, pill, it was a mm. pill substance, to magnesium. Mm. And um, that made a huge difference. 
Um, and then also to, it's not only just calming the muscles, but also it's good for your health as well too. Um, and just the other benefits that followed with it. So yeah, and you could feel like when there's a, a lack of a certain supplement in your diet, and you're like, okay, actually, I'm fully energized when I'm like when I'm taking the supplement, and you know, it's like filling up that sort of gap or missing link in your in your energy, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, because yeah. when you look at like the biochemistry, right, of like the Krebs cycle or the ATP cycle, yes, yeah, there's certain cofactors that have to be there. Mm-hmm. Right, the B vitamins. If they're not there, things aren't going to work too well. That's right. Right, so B vitamins, magnesium, um, and for me, what it was was it was kind of a funny story, but at the time, not so fun. Um, the last time I really got wasted on beer, so this was third year of university, and we 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 hosted a kegger, and uh, I, we all got way too wasted, too fast, and I passed out, and I woke up the next day, and my eye was twitching, and my eye would not stop twitching. And I had to write an essay. So I'm at the library trying to focus and my <laughs> eye is twitching and I'm like, what is going on? And mind you, I'm sitting there eating, eating a muffin and drinking coffee. So sugar and caffeine to further stimulate the system. Yeah. And it's just twitching. It's just twitching. And uh, it wasn't until I saw a natural path yeah. and she said, take some supplemental magnesium that it solved that issue. Yeah. And to this day, if I'm really stressed, yeah. that's my signal. That's my signal. It's the twitching eye. So, um, yeah, and that happens. Or like, if you have lack of sleep, like you're like, uh oh, my body is like twitching. It's like telling me something. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. but yeah, for sure. And that's one way. Sometimes you have to go to that extreme or be in that place and be like, okay, go backwards and like, how did what what did I do? Go backtrack a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah retrace your steps. Yeah. Sort of play detective. Yes. As it is. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Um, other things. What other? Do you have any other really cool adventure marathon stories? Like you did the China Wall. Yeah. What other ones, I mean, for people that are into this sort of thing, what, what might they, you know, what's worth looking into in it's, your opinion? Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Um, mm. I think that adventure travel and training, it just um, makes your fitness even more of an importance because mm. you have a vacation destination sort of idea. Um, so what happens is, like once you book your trip, um, and then you have a race to do, then there's, there's nothing that should get in your way because you already invested in it and you're getting an experience out of it. So you want to make the most, you want to make it memorable. Mm-hmm. So it's a once in a lifetime experience. It's something that you're going to share with others and inspire others to do as well. And, um, it just, it makes your workouts more, um, it makes you more committed to your, to your workouts mm. and then experiencing them. You're just like. You've been anticipating that moment for so long that it just makes it much more joyful. Mm. And things and anything can happen on race day. Um, I can tell you. I'll just do short bits of each trip. Yeah, yeah. Or like, what are some highlights the or highlights. some of some of the really challenging moments you faced? Or yeah, yeah. Um, the Great Wall. Um, that one was just. I didn't realize that there was going to be a hill at the beginning of the race, or I didn't know the course very well. And then so you just kind of take it. I'm more of the chai runner, so I just want to complete the race mm. and kind of like take my time with it so that way I can soak up the environment and that feeling so that I can remember it mm. and uh, relive it again in my head over and over <laughs> if I ever yeah. want to go back. Um, and so that's why I did the Great Wall of China. And then when I went traveling to Australia, I was thinking, well, it was my goal to, ch- to train, to do a race in different countries and continents. 
So I thought I might as well train for one while I was there. And uh, I did the Sunshine Coast Half Marathon. Mm. And it was alongside the beach. And um, that one actually I just met up with people on Facebook um, and kind of like hitched a ride with some other runners and just kind of ran it with some new friends along the way. Like nice. they've all been sort of solo experiences but then mm. got to experience it with like-minded people and um, that was the best part about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to New Zealand and I saw that there was a half mar marathon happening there too. So I, I took two trips to New Zealand just to go back and run it. Nice. And again, um, hitchhiked a little bit. It was, it's safe to hitchhike there, so it wasn't as like dangerous or scary. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I was just running along um, along the path. There's like sheep, like literally sheep, and <laughs> ice cap mountains. So in these places, like they're the sort of postcard moments of of training. So it's not. It's like you're just combining your passion with your sport or your athleticism. Mm. And that's just that's just high level right there. Like you yeah. can't get any better, or any uh, like other than the Olympics. <laughs> you got your um, sort of running tour. Yeah. And then I came back when I came back from traveling. I signed up for the um, sorry, the Grand Canyon Half Marathon, and it's the first one that they were doing. Mm. And this one was in the desert, and there was just like totally like roots of trees, and it was just high risk. I don't know why they decided to. Pick that route, mm. but it was their inaugural event, and they brought more water than they thought they were gonna have, than they needed, and they actually ran out. So I finished just in time because they were just running low. So there was runners still out there, and they were like didn't have enough water supply or whatnot. So oh, geez. not to say anything bad about them, but they were just that was just the experience. Like yeah, yeah. Um, and on top of that, it was high elevation. So when we got there, it was, we were trying to, we went for a run and we couldn't run. We were just like, mm. it was like we're on, on the moon, right? We're just like, <laughs> we're 6,000 feet above elevation. And we're like, good thing we got here early enough to just sort of acclimatize, acclimatize to the environment. Mm -hmm. um, and then having to experience the Grand Canyon while, while there. Like, it's just mind blowing when, um, just, once in a lifetime moments and um, it just this sort of sense of achievement just brings more energy and motivation to your daily life because you have something to look forward to every day mm. so it's good to set that destination trip uh, whether it's for fitness um, relaxation but it's always better to have a purpose definitely yeah. definitely you get so much more out of the experience yes right um, and you come back and you're restored and renewed and rejuvenated. Yeah. Um, it seems, I mean, there's a, there's a really popular trend of people going away to, you know, nice places and just sort of sitting around and getting wasted mm -hmm. the whole time. And it's like, that seems, if that's your thing, go for it. I don't want to hate, you know, do your thing. Um, but then you come back almost feeling worse than you, when you left, right? Mm -hmm. If you're just sort of punishing your body. Um, but anyways, that's a that's whole it. different side. Yeah. That's not where we're at. Um, but to each their own. Yeah. To each their own. It's just, it, it's when you have that purpose in travel as well. Like that's the next level of travel for sure. Mm -hmm. Whether if it's volunteering or anything, it just, just makes your contribution or inspiring others through your own experiences. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I found for myself, my most recent trip was to California. And 
um, it was really about like connecting with like-minded people, like connecting with like the expanded tribe of people that are into the same stuff. They're mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, they're into health, they're into wellness, they wanna feel good, they wanna do good. Um, and there's surprisingly, or not surprisingly, more and more of those people out there. Um, and it really just like, for me, it's, it's this idea that I can be at home anywhere, right? I can be at home anywhere on the planet, as long as I'm with good people. Yeah. Um, and ideally in a beautiful setting, maybe <laughs> on a beach or in some mountains. Um, yeah. But that, yeah, and I mean, the other thing about traveling solo, right, and being forced into that sort of realm of novelty mm -hmm. where you're just going with the flow and things work perfectly, um, usually. I mean, I'm sure sometimes people have pretty rough experiences. But Absolutely. the majority <laughs> of the time, things yeah. flow and uh, you meet the people you needed to meet. Yes. Um, and you couldn't plan it, right? Yes. You can't plan that and you can't book with a travel company to give you that experience. Yeah. And also, uh, when you travel solo, you have the, so many options in front of you. Like, you could go right, left, you can decide to go out, you can decide to um, continue your journey with someone new and, like, who invites you, like, whatever, to their to their place to experience the, the area that you're in. Mm -hmm. um, I've been so fortunate to have people invite me back to their homes, um, take a tour around different areas, um, and to connect. And, um, one of the things I learned was that the reason why I love traveling so much is that you're, it allows you to be your authentic self and you remove the wall of judgment because you say you're from Canada. Like, okay, well, most people love people from Canada. So, you, so it's always a highlight. They're like, oh, I want to go one day. And then like, you, know, you don't know each other and you, have, and you know that your time's limited. So you're able to express yourself fully and maybe even say something that's on your mind and just be like, what, it doesn't matter what their reaction is going to be because you're not going to see them or you know what, it's going to be some time before you come back and visit them again or something whatever so mm -hmm. yeah more um you're more open in that sense of connecting yeah open free right just expansive it's this sense of like expansiveness yes and like i can do anything <laughs> i can do anything and like you know. totally especially when you're on uh, when you have so many options in front of you and no one, and you don't have any influences telling you, you know, go right, go left. And you'll be like, okay, well, I'll go right. And then it'll be okay. Or I'll go left and it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. So it just allows you that freedom of choice and then having confidence to make um, decisions and being okay with whether if it works out or not. Yeah. So. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and your, your story there, I just want to bring one second back to some of the supplement hacks when okay. you said about training at altitude yes right, or arriving at altitude yeah so cordyceps mushroom are you familiar with cordyceps no amazing stuff okay so this is the mushroom yep. that literally allows your body to process more oxygen and produce more atp um and it's completely as far as i know legal by all the sporting associations um, it was sort of China's secret weapon in the 2008 Olympics. Okay. All their athletes were on cordyceps. Yeah. And at that time, it actually, shortly after, became the most, one of the most expensive supplements in the world, right, on a gram per gram basis. Yeah. Um, but it is incredible the difference you'll feel. And I've tried this in the Andes, mm -hmm. in Peru. Um, oh. And you can just go yeah. and go and go, and you don't feel stimulated but your endurance is just at a next level. Mm -hmm. um, and that's true of anything. Like I used to take it in jiu-jitsu practice. Oh, okay. Um, even just throughout your day, 
like it, it supports immunity, supports energy. Um, fantastic stuff. Highly recommend checking that out. Okay. And another thing was just creatine. Oh, right? yes. So yeah. creatine monohydrate, very basic supplement. Um, very safe, very effective, very cheap, easy to find anywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially if you don't eat meat, can really be a good supportive nutrient to have. Yeah, and your body has a certain level of creatine in your bot in your creatine in your body. Mm -hmm. So you get that checked as well. When I went to do my um, health check for insurance, like that was actually part of their measurement. And mm -hmm. so if you already have, you find out uh, which level you have. So that way, if you need more, but usually sprinters have a high level because they can recover faster. Mm -hmm. that. So, and that definitely helps with with workouts and uh, between resting and in your sets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and apparently, this is a little side note, apparently it actually has some brain-enhancing benefits. So for keeping you focused, enhancing focus, which makes sense if it's upregulating energy production. Um, but yeah, taking, I mean, I take a teaspoon a day, essentially, regardless of what I'm doing. I take a teaspoon a day, um, and I do notice a subtle sort of focus enhancement. Um, I'm pretty sure they've studied it in cognitive decline in elderly people. Um, so again, it's one of those things you can try, you cannot try, um, but uh, the science is pretty clear that it's, it's beneficial for most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, so you have all this, this experience in more of the extreme athletics, I would say, mm. um, but uh, you seem to have taken a bit of a, a turn, a bit of a turn. I wonder, was that just, like, was there an event, was there an injury, or was there what was it essentially that brought you from that type of exercise to now more of a self-care approach? Mm. More of like a renewal, you know, restoring, um, not so like, you know, intense maybe? Yes, definitely. Um, I think what happened was um, I would always rush, wake up in the morning and like rush to work and not allow myself time to prepare for the day. And I was like, how can I build a morning routine? And it took me about a, it took me a year to actually come to it um, after I was uh, aware of it, and I was struggling with that. And then um, also, like after going to the retreat and learning about techniques on how that would help with um, slowing down and not being caught up with the busyness. Um, what had happened was I was caught up in that busyness, and I had to take a de digital detox break. Mm -hmm and um, that's taking a break from social media and also spending time with nature and just being still and meditating. And then, um, so once I got into the meditation, um, what I do is every morning I listen to guided meditation and just to build up sort of that patience and stillness. And then from there on, um, I kind of, woke up earlier to meditate and to do yoga. And then once I had done that, I had relieved sort of the pain or any sort of kinks in my physical ailment. And it just, I went into my day with um, a fresh breath, I guess, and energy. So that way, whatever came my way, if, um, if it threw me off or if it was taken away from my energy, um, that I could manage it better. And I've noticed that a huge difference. Mm. Um, as opposed to not having a morning routine, which was huge. Um, and then seeing all the, just feeling better. It just was um, daily acts of self-care. And then um, 
when I stopped doing it, I just realized the difference. And that's why it's, mm. I, that's why I'm so proactive or so, that's why I care so much about self-care. Mm. And uh, yeah, just how much you can improve your life in that way. Yeah, it's amazing the difference, mm-hmm. right? Of say waking up and grabbing a coffee and running off to wherever versus waking up, breathing deeply, doing some stretching, some light exercise. You're two different people, right? Mm-hmm. After that, going into your day. And so everything is going to flow better, your yeah. resilience is going to be increased, peace of mind is there, like stress in the brain is reduced. So, so, so important. Right, so, so important. Um, And for those of us that think, because oftentimes, you know, we'll be in situations where you think, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time in the morning. Um, And the thing I've found is to really look at what are you doing in the evening that's keeping you up? Yeah. If you're just sitting in front of the TV, then you have time, right? You shut the TV off 20 minutes earlier even, go to sleep, wake up 20 minutes earlier, and slowly transition, right? Because I don't expect people to go to bed at 10 o'clock every night, wake up at 6 a.m. and start doing yoga, right? It's not practical. Some of us do that, but we didn't go from, you know, watching TV until midnight to that. Yeah. It's like a transition. Yes. Right? It's a nice gradual transition. Yeah. And I'm curious now with your work in the self-care, um, and I know you're starting to run retreats, mm-hmm. so you're actually facilitating these kinds of experiences. Um, like, what is that looking like? Um, where are those going down? How can people find out about those? Mm-hmm. And just sort of what your experience has been with that, with, with being on the other side, with facilitating. Yes, facilitating is key. Um, because, okay, so I started doing retreats in November and I decided to do them on a monthly basis. So that way people have the opportunity, if they can't make it out the first month, then they know it's ongoing on a monthly basis. As well, it's, it's needed on a monthly basis to restore let alone like during the week, but a monthly basis is will make a difference. And um, what I found was that when I went, when I participated in a retreat, um, I could understand and uh, comprehend um, sort of the tools and the understanding of the ba- of the foundation of the retreat. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw where all the everyone else was, and I understood that I had I could understand it, so that way I can help them as well. And so I took on the initiative to create my own and to learn exercises and to take leadership into hosting them. Mm. But it's also, it's, it's facilitated. So it's not, I'm not uh, teaching or educating, but it's sort of like an open group experience. And um, so that way we're learning from each other, but I'm just mm. guiding people along the way, just like guided meditation mm. and allowing that space with like-minded people in a group um, to all come together and to take away different experiences and learnings that we have mastered and that say, um, whether if it's waking up in the morning or certain things, we're all gonna be like, hey, yes, like this has helped me too. Or we're kind of sharing each other's journey. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, um, bringing in a guest every month mm-hmm. um, to, to focus on that. So for example, February 4th and 5th, I have, um, there's, we have a spiritual coach coming in, um, and um, which is going to lead us through a guided meditation, and it's an option of having a one day, coming up for one day, or two day, so it's very flexible, and it's usually an hour away from Toronto, 
Mm. And the important part of that is that when you leave your surroundings or your environment, um, you just refresh or you think differently. So that alone is empowering. So imagine being with other, it's usually with women mm -hmm. at the moment right now, and um, supporting each other and being encouraged by each other to embrace um, self-care actions is very uplifting. And so it's out of the city and you can do one day, you can stay over. And um, it's very affordable. It's about, uh, what's it, $79 for the day or $97 for the day or $170 nine dollars for two days mm. it includes food and accommodation nice mm -hmm. and um yeah you're gonna be doing it monthly and it's exciting because um it's just when you leave the retreat you just feel energized and refreshed to take nice. on instead of traveling abroad and taking these big trips these are sort of local trips that you can encourage um they can encourage others to take yeah, it's like these mini, even just mini retreats, Yes. right? A day, two days, get out of the city, um, and it's not far from the city, which is so key. Like, I would love to hear that, like, it's accessible, Yes. right? Yeah. It's accessible. Um, and we have, and, sorry, we have carpooling as well, so you can definitely, you can need a ride. It's not sort of, if you don't have a ride, then there's people out there that would take you. Mm. And it's a small group of eight people. So far, just eight right now, I just want to keep it very um, small and intimate right now so yeah. nice yeah I definitely see this as a growing trend right mm -hmm. where people are going to recognize um, just how important it is to take those 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 times and get away and um, you see in cultures uh, you know in Europe where they're much more into this sort of thing <coughs> okay where um, I think it was France was the country where everyone gets a week throughout the year, whenever you want to take it, but it's a week of like paid vacation to go be at like a nature resort or like a natural retreat somewhere. Nice. Because they value it, right? They understand the value. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing it more and more in North America, I think, coming on board and just people are stressed beyond belief and they need tools. So by all means, I mean, retreats have been transformative in my life. Um, such a great time to just get away reconnect, right? disengage from the craziness of the city um, and come back to yourself yes. for a bit, right? Come back to who you really are, what's important, back to nature, breathe some clean air for once. Um, so that's amazing. Yeah, that's and that's amazing. exactly it. What I learned was how to check in with yourself. So um, when we're making our daily decisions in life, uh, if, or if we're indecisive, um, you learn how to check in and ask yourself, um, what do I need? Well, first, what do I need? What do I want? And how do I feel before making a decision? Mm. So. I love that. I'm going to write that down. What do I need? Want? And how do I feel? Because you might make decisions based off of maybe things that are floating around, but if you really connect deep down inside, you can connect with what you really know or what you know is true. Mm -hmm. And that's your inner compass. And that's sort of what we kind of, what we focus on is um, making decisions based on our true selves and in an honest that we know which is the best decision. And that's where our lives can come off balance is because we're not following our inner compass. Yes. Right? And we're making yes. those decisions based off of 
other influences. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily society, but society. Mm-hmm. Um, but just what maybe what you thought you uh, expected of yourself or visioned of yourself, but then you come to realize like that's not really what you tr- who you are or what you truly wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Um, just the intelligence of the body and the intuition mm-hmm. and how we can really tune into that and access that and, and have that lead us, mm-hmm. right? Instead of what oftentimes it seems, at least in my experience, it's I'm always trying to think my way through things, right? I'm always trying to think my way through a problem or think my way to a solution or think my way, you know, how can I plan this in the best possible way to make sure it's efficient and whatever. Which sometimes works, right? But it's pretty tiring, I would say. It's pretty tiring and oftentimes doesn't really work at all and is quite disastrous. And if you would have just tuned in to the body earlier on, you would have recognized that you're getting all these signals that are telling you you something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe don't do that. Um, But it's a learned skill. Right? It's true. a skill that I think we're not, we're not it's, it's not valued, right? In, mm-hmm. in, say in your schooling, you're not going to get an A on a test by necessarily following your intuition on a, an answer. You might, um, but they're testing more of the head knowledge, right? So yeah. I love that people like you are out there doing this, right? To help recalibrate folks into a more natural, authentic way of being mm-hmm. because it's, it's important stuff. And they call that the wise self or the wise mind. And it's, you're using more brain than heart, but when you can do, which is um, rational thinking and emotional thinking, like logical and emotional. And so when you can combine those two, that's why what you, what you need, what you want, and then how you feel helps you connect to that. So that way the brain and the heart can work together. Cause sometimes people would be more emotional and be like, okay, yeah, I'm so passionate. I'm going to do this. Yeah. But then, uh Oh, roadblock or something. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking too much, thinking too much. I can't let my heart express the passion. So by combining those two, and that's what we work on. So. Yeah. And it's amazing. I was just listening. I'm currently listening to this book by Dr. Joe Dispenza okay. called the, yeah. um, breaking the habit of being yourself. And his whole yeah. thing is that you want to align the heart and the mind and the body and the intellect, mm-hmm. right? And when those two are in alignment, then sort of effortlessly, the things you want to create will come into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many times we are thinking we want something, but feeling either like we don't deserve it or it's not reasonable, or it's not realistic or, you know, that's, not, that can't happen. Or like we're not worthy usually. Like mm. I'm not, am I worth this? That's actually a big one. Mm. And like validation as well. But those are some things that are common. Like for example, self-care. Is it selfish to take put your needs first? No, but it's looked down upon. Like if I were to buy myself, like go out and go shopping for myself. Sure, like we can be a selfish culture, but that's a form of, of taking care of yourself and not necessarily um, t- uh, manipulating or doing something that's gonna hurt others in terms of taking care of yourself. Like, so in that sense, mm-hmm. really, it's actually like loving a form of self-love. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so the whole idea, I always come back to this idea of the cup, 
right? And you can't fill anyone's cup if you're empty. But if you're overflowing yeah. and you've got lots <laughs> to share. That's a good one. That's really good because you're just like, uh, I'm filled up. So then I can give and give and give. But once you, if you give, give, and then you're empty again, then that's where. Perfect. Great example. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, just building that awareness in, right? And learning what is it, again, what is my recipe for self-care right do i want to do an epsom salt bath at night do i want to have essential oils do i want to get a massage do i want to read a book or meditate like there's so many things and there's four different um areas so there's the mm. yeah so what you mentioned was great and now you can categorize it into physical uh emotional mental and spiritual mm. and then so for physical is like the epsom salts the mental is learning a new skill or reading. Uh, emotional is having a heart-to-heart conversation, talking, mm. meeting up with friends. And then the spiritual is meditation and um, volunteering. So when you can fill those cups, those four areas of self-care, then, mm-hmm. yeah, so then that way you're not leaving one area out and you go to yeah. So yeah. yeah, which again is just, you know, that's why I love to have these conversations. Because we have to transcend the diet and exercise model mm-hmm. of health, right? And it's like, like we said, there's only two, or that's, I guess, just physical, essentially, yeah. right? So we have to have this holistic perspective to figure out what are all the pieces, how can I arrange them, and then that's going to allow me to express, you know, who I am. So, yeah. And one of the th- challenges that I had with uh, personal training and kinesiology was that mm. potential clients or people that were interested they all had one thing in common. They have busy lives, no time. I'm stressed out. How can I focus or put exercise as a priority, even though it should be because of the benefits? Mm-hmm. And so that's where it led into self-care. So, okay, I have to address um, the self-care first so that way they can ease into exercise as well. So that's where it all started from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I've noticed for myself and for a lot of people, they'll want to throw in more stuff um, when really what they have to do is is let go of some things, mm-hmm. right? Um, Huge. And that's actually one of the questions that I love yeah. to ask people is, what is one thing, um, could be a habit, could be a way of thinking, could be a belief, anything, um, that you have recently or are currently in the process of letting go? Oh, okay. Uh, currently letting go. Um, I would say uh, limiting, self-limiting beliefs. Mm. Um, I think that the time that I was running and traveling the world, I was my mindset was definitely like unlimited or like open to possibilities. Like you're saying about traveling, you know, you're like, once you're out there and, and you're solo traveling, you're like, I can go here, I can do this, um, and having that mindset back in my day-to-day life and um, so what so what I did was biohacked it mm. and um, so I travel in Toronto I try to keep my my passion for travel alive by going anywhere all over the city just what if it's to meet new people networking but to keep variety in my life as well mm. and travel and transporting like tra- driving or commuting and um, and that's worked, and that's why Tuesday travels are huge. It's um, something just a deep 
deep passion of mine. Mm. And, um, and I think it's important because you just learn so many life skills that'll help you in your day to day. But that kind of keeps me um, here in Toronto is that <laughs> is traveling within my own city mm. um, or else I'd be traveling the world probably I'd still be going mm. yeah well yeah it's amazing what's you know it's sort of that cliche about like you never appreciate what's in your own backyard and there's so many areas parks neighborhoods little cafes and restaurants that are scattered across the city that uh, you would never know are there Right? Yeah, and that's the other thing too is that um, when I had friends come to visit from overseas, it's like I thought I knew could explain like the city to them or all these different things, but I haven't. I just drive mm. past them a hundred times and mm. <laughs> think I know them, but <laughs> could you describe any of it to them? Yeah. And um, that's the other thing. A lot of people value um, Canada and want to live and travel to Canada, so um, by embracing that and appreciating where we are and how fortunate and lucky we are is just a blessing yeah we're definitely lucked out yeah to be born here yeah mm -hmm. very blessed in that sense and uh the last question is just what are three resources books talks you know documentaries experiences um that have been really impactful for your life that you'd like to share with those that are listening Sure. Um, so it could be three different forms, like books. Yeah, whatever you like. Um, okay. I think originally, um, when I first started out training for the Great Wall of China and fundraising for the Arthritis Society, I was uh, I saw Steve Jobs's uh, commencement video. Mm. That was I didn't even know who who he was at the time, and that speech was um, I forget what it was called, but it's very popular. Um, and also, I was introduced to Gary Vaynerchuk five years ago, and I just kind of like, I was like, wow, okay, it makes sense, his message, you know, when you finish work, go home and go work on your stuff, go get to work on what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just like, that stuck with me. So to see him today is just very inspiring. Mm -hmm. um, so those are when I started. Um, another one was just, um, I can't name it specifically but understanding your worth and who you are mm. and your, your uniqueness is from all different forms whether if it's just um, mentors books and everything or entrepreneurial books like me Inc by Gene Simmons that was a huge one mm. um, and Robin Sharma uh, the leader who had no title I think what it what was the biggest takeaway from being yourself is that you're unique and there's no one else like you out there and you have gifts that um, that can help people and um, sort of believing in yourself and your self-worth I think that's important because when you can identify that and um, knowing how it can help others then you realize your self-worth and importance and um, your purpose I guess Mm -hmm. So I think um, that was the biggest takeaway. Um, and then I guess it was just what was important for me was just understanding that um, not letting other people's uh, judgments or what they think influence my decisions. And that, that was a big one for me. So, yeah. Yeah, like being self-directed, right? Yes, Trusting yeah. yourself, 
knowing what's right for you, um, making, your, making your own decisions is so, so, so key because until you start to do that, you always will doubt. Yes. Right? There'll always be this doubt and this mistrust almost of, can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. Is this right? Is this wrong? What kind of person would I be if I do something? All yeah. this, you know, nonsense. Yeah, the thinking part of it too. Like, now I don't think when I do stuff, I'll just do it because, whether if it's the wise self or just because I'm, things will be okay either way. And just at first I'd be like, what will people, like you think what do people think or like reactions. Because when you are, when, when you start your path or your journey of entrepreneurship, you're the only one who knows, it's, it's your guided self journey, almost like it's a personal journey. People are like, what's going on? You're changing and all this stuff, but you're just growing and developing. Mm -hmm. And um, you really have to stick true to it and and uh, believe in it. So I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. So for example, like when we met, we were just evolving. We were just growing into this entrepreneurial world. And we didn't know what direction it was gonna take us, but we wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And we've changed over the past few years because of it and kept um, being self-directed, even though um, some people may not understand what we're doing. That was a big one. Um, but you know that there's people out there that are benefiting from, from your service and from your sharing, your mm -hmm. offering. So. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And so, yeah, for everyone listening, really take that to heart. The, the piece about self-worth and uniqueness, right? Because there's no other you on this planet. And, you know, everyone else is taken, so you might as well be yourself. <laughs> Um, and you have a gift, right? You have a message, you have a gift, you have maybe it's an insight, maybe it's a way of seeing things um, that can have a positive impact, right? And so to not downplay that, really to own that um, and to express it and share it as much as you can, um, that's what I want to see, that's what I want to do, that's what I want to help other people to do. So that's beautiful, that's beautiful. And so Elise, I want to just thank you for your time. Um, Thank and you so for, much for having me. Yeah, but and, and, and just acknowledge you for the example you're setting, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just going for it. Yeah. And whether it's an extreme race or whether it's leading retreats or, you know, being a leader, stepping into that leadership facilitator role, um, it's not easy, right? And so I just want to acknowledge you for the courage uh, that it takes to yeah. do that and the strength that clearly you've built over a lifetime so thank you so much you're welcome thank you so much for having me in this wonderful conversation and learning about holistic nutrition which i'm always looking to learn and uh, find out more about yeah and so for everyone listening i was taking some notes i'll link up um in the blog post that accompanies this eventually uh the different things we talked about resources mentioned and if you want to find elise you can look up ambitious health um, dot .ca yeah, or ambitious.ca ambitious.ca that's e-m-bitious right <laughs> um, you can find her on Facebook and Instagram as well and uh, yeah thank you for listening and have yourselves a beautiful beautiful evening Good night. <laughs> ciao I have found fear comes in
all shapes and sizes. Well, I'm master of the fortress, I'm master of disguises. Said we used to run free, no fear of where we go. And we used to love free, not scared of being alone. But I said these times can be returned to if we use the lie that was shown up from above. In our quest for wrong and right, we got to be. Now be like that tree, firm in your roots but expanding to see, see, yeah, use both your eyes and if they are covered then look inside, said if they are covered then look inside, yeah, I say go do you, now travel far, share your stories and earn your scars, it's you. Say you are the one you will answer to when this life is done Don't waste a minute, jump in the river Wash yourself clean so you can deliver you The story of you, the story of you The story of you, the story of you Of my days trying to hide Now who I was and how I was made But I found strength in the struggle Pride in the trouble My story's still going Still sifting through rubble These are the days we were meant to fear But we need this openness When it is all so clear Yeah, clear like the sky Shapeless and open Right after she cries Cause the storm is washed it away Let the water rain down I am here to stay Let the water rain down I am here
Well, I say go to you, not travel 